welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dante. I'm Murphy Durfee. And this is GoMo, the Link to the Past Randomizer podcast, the return of the slide whistle. Hi-yo. Oh, love to hear it, baby. <laughs> we are going to bludgeon our listeners over the head with slide whistles until they <laughs> beg us to stop. Into submission. <laughs> you thought you liked it, but you just wait until we run it directly into the ground. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. It's it's a great sound. It's never expected, which makes it funny because that's what humor is all about. Stuff that you don't expect. Uh, and it's it's just delightful all around. So I'm I'm here for it. Yo, Tim, I got to say, thanks for uh, showing me how to actually do the intro. I know last week or last episode, rather, I didn't do so hot. <laughs> I am uh, someone who believes in educating and informing and, and positive feedback and working with people to improve them. So I was more than happy to, to do that for you, Dante. And I will, I will do it again. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and what a wonderful transition to talk about the uh, feature for today. We we're very pleased to welcome on friend of the show, Walter the Fourth, who was far and away our superstar mentor. We'll get into why in the uh, in the feature, but we talked to him a little bit about his experience mentoring, and he gives some tips for mentors for our next tournament. So. Um, we will uh, be getting into that just after we cover our news. So we had quite a bit happen in the last uh, you know, two-week period since we last spoke. So let's start it off by doing a quick overview of some of the tournaments we've been covering. The first one, of course, is the one here at home, the Mentor Tournament. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this because we do spend quite a bit of time talking about it with Walter. And we will talk about it even more in the next episode during our you know, finale wrap up for the mm-hmm. mentor tournament. So I don't really want to exactly do a book report right now, but I will say that we are just about finished with our semifinals and getting ready to, we are, we actually already have a few of our finalists figured out, but by the time uh, this week ends um, tomorrow, today is uh, Saturday the 1st, uh, we will have all of our finalists picked out and we will start scheduling those races. So definitely uh, we'll link the schedule as we always do Uh, check that out see if you can join us for some of those we're going to try to restream as many of those as possible um but yeah huge shout outs to our finalists um and uh also you know to our our semi-finalists and and quarter finalists for that matter you know everyone is just doing their best in there battling it out we've had a lot of close races um you know a, a lot of game threes in this uh in the semifinals. So yeah, it's, it's just chugging along. It's, it's going great. I don't think we had any like issues pop up the last two weeks, which is, um, I mean, what, what more could you ask for as an admin, you know, but yeah, it's just chugging along. What do you guys say? It's going great. I mean, we we're heaping a bunch of praise on the admins and everyone uh, while we're talking to Walter, as you were saying, but there can never be enough really. They've, uh, they've made it an amazing experience for us as well, because we could have been, or we were, as hands off as we possibly could have been, and uh, it was it was awesome. I think it's great uh, from all really from all sides from from the admin side, from the player side. Uh, it seems like everyone's having a ton of fun, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see who's who's gonna come out on top at the end. Yeah, yeah, big yeah, same. Team. I mean, Herf covered it. You guys have covered it all. Uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be fun to watch this thing wrap up. Sweet. 
All right. Well, uh, let's move on to our next tournament in our uh, overview of the community. Let's talk about the French tourney, which has just concluded. Uh, we do have a winner who has been crowned, GG to Bonta, as the winner of the ALTTPR French tournament. Um, that's a, a very active, competitive uh, scene um, over there in that community. So huge shout-outs to them. Uh, Rywek, of course, took the silver. Uh, Lin 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 took the bronze. And then in fourth place was Scary Olive. Um, so huge shout-outs to that community and especially to our uh, top placers there. And uh, good luck in the next one. Um, move along. Moving along. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, let's keep it going. Yeah, let's keep it going. All right, uh, next up we have our spoiler tournament, which isn't quite finished, but is rapidly approaching the end. We do have one of our finalists in place as of the recording of this episode. Kyong has continued their uh, undefeated streak all the way up to finals. Didn't even lose a game in the best of threes. Uh, so just absolutely incredible performance so far. And either Os101 or Zelga Desan will uh, face off against them. Um, and uh, surely they will be into scheduling finals for that when this episode comes out. So definitely be sure to check the description of this episode and we will link you to that schedule. And uh, check out the finals. You know, if you haven't seen any spoiler races, I'd say finals is a pretty good time to jump in. It's going to be, you know, the best of the best squaring off. So uh, be sure to check that out. What y'all think? Kyong too strong. Yeah. Kyong too strong. It's kind of crazy like, to not even lose a single game. Yeah. yeah. It, Kyong is literally putting on a clinic. Um, I mean, Rocket was super close to take one off of him. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's one of those situations where, you know, with spoiler, you know, one mistake really can, you know, unfortunately cost you the entire race. And, uh, you know, Kyong has just... I don't want to jinx him, but man, the um, <laughs> he just hasn't made a mistake yet. It seems it just seems like he's yeah. a machine. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely insane. Um, so good luck to Kyung. Good luck to everyone else that's that's in that thing. And uh, yeah, check it out. Check out the finals here. Uh, okay, next up we have our uh, Karoskis. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. All right. So this one is a little bit different. We, it's a, uh, double elimination bracket. Um, so as we look at the winner's bracket here, we do have our top four figured out, uh, for that. Um, we have Violet Pumpkin versus T Stu 14 and Andy versus Lin Lin Lin, the bronze, uh, no bronze winner of the Francophone. Um, and uh, then we have our losers bracket that is at a uh, top eight essentially right now. So still a, a few more rounds of that left to go before we are able to crown a winner. But that's another one worth uh, checking out. So we'll put a link to their schedule and um, their challenge in the description. Um, thoughts on this one? I'll be I'll be honest. I haven't seen any of these uh, as as I've said many times. Krosky's not not really my jam. I don't have anything against it, but uh, this is not one I've really tuned into a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, it's it's tough to watch the, you know, it, for me it's just tough to sit down and watch and be totally invested because I, I obviously you don't know where the entrances are, hence entrance randomizer, and you know I could harp on it for longer, but I won't. Uh, I, I I am looking forward to you know probably watching some finals and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one that we have here to update everyone on is the German tournament. Uh, this was the one uh, where the winner 
would be flown to Speed Gaming Live. And this one is in its uh, semifinals and its top four as of the recording of this episode. We have Illis versus Yagamoth and Divi Signs versus Thelane. Um, so four great uh, racers there. Um, we'll continue on to see who is crowned the uh, best in the German community. Uh, so that is definitely one to look out for. Now, that leads us into our next little bit of news, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, the the idea of this German, German tournament was to send the winner to Speed Gaming Live, uh, pay for their accommodations, and, and or at least their flight, I think. I think it was just flight, actually, now that I say that. But anyway, it turns out that's not going to be happening this year because there will not be a Speed Gaming Live. Now, there will be a Speed Gaming Online, which is meant to take place of this live tournament. Uh, but yes, they are canceling the live aspect of it due to COVID-19. A lot of us had speculated that this was possible. Um, America, unfortunately, is getting worse before they're getting better. We just cannot figure out how to do this stupid virus thing. So uh, for that reason, we're having to shut down pretty much everything through the end of the year and Speed Gaming Live, unfortunately, no exception. Uh, Now, we do have a link in the description to a document that was released by Speed Gaming Live 2020, the admin team, that goes into all of the details of how they're going to work the logistics of changing up this event and making it online. Uh, So one of the things is you can still buy tickets. And essentially what tickets do are like they guarantee you a spot in one of the tournaments. Um, And uh, once they run out of tickets, then it's sort of opened up to like a wider qualifier pool um, which I'm sure we'll probably be covering because it'll probably feel a lot like a regular, you know, ALTTPR tournament. Um, so there is that, you know, that will probably get a lot more participation than it would than it would have before. So I guess that's good. Um, but yeah, definitely a shame to not be doing the, uh, you know, the live the live aspect. Of course, that's where I got to meet the two of you, fine gentlemen, uh, for the first time last year, and was really looking forward to meeting up with you again. And meeting a lot of folks in our community, um, we were all really looking forward to getting together. But we'll just get them next time, you know. We'll we'll get in for uh, twenty twenty one. It'll be just as fun. And uh, this is obviously necess- uh, necessary precautions, so you can't be really too upset. But um, yeah, what, where were you guys at when you when you saw this uh, Discord announcement come through on your phones? Uh, you sound re- asleep. Do you really <laughs> want to know? Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, I'm not even kidding. I was like, well. Hey, no shame in that, brother. All right. Uh, I was like, well, I knew this was coming, but, uh, you know, I say new, but, like, I, I had, like, a very, you know, strong feeling that this was not going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, uh, as much as uh, I was looking forward to, like, you know, and being optimistic things would get better and we could do it, uh, I kind of knew in the back of my mind we probably wouldn't. And my positive spin on it is, hey, save a bunch of money now. I don't have to pay for a hotel. I could just save up and do a maybe do both GDQs next year, assuming that happens, and, you know, banking that it will, and, uh, you know, do Speed Gaming Live again as well. So hopefully hopefully that all works out. Yeah, and I mean, Herf, you already were, had kind of counted this out for yourself personally a, a while ago. Yeah. So probably not <laughs> as much of a disappointment to you, but... Yeah, what, what were you thinking? Uh, I mean, I was kind of hoping they would go this way, to be honest. Not because I didn't want anyone else to have fun or anything <laughs> like that, you know. But because yeah. I just think it's the it's just a safer and smarter decision. If I think back to, like, uh, 
just the event area of last year and especially the basement where all the the tournament races were held uh, in in like the earlier stages and if you then think about how cramped it already was at like busy times and then you have to do the whole masks thing and have like six feet between everyone and everything how, like how many people can you even get in all those rooms in the basement if you have to have six feet between everyone yeah, yeah. it just yeah it just it, yeah it just seemed all not the stuff really being, feasible yeah all the stuff being touched by multiple people it's just mm -hmm. yeah it's it'd be a nightmare um yeah so it's it's understandable that it was uh so canceled yeah so in a way i'm kind of happy that they're taking the safer route even though i'm sure they'd rather not have done it this way uh i'm happy to say though that i was asked to be back to be an admin again so i'll i'll be in charge of something again even though it's only online this time around awesome uh, now, I don't want to get too into this because folks can just go read this document that we uh, mm -hmm. share in our description. But I did want to quickly touch on some of the things they're doing to change this up, uh, specifically for the international qualifiers. Like I mentioned, there's not going to be any you know flights this year. But uh, the winner of these events uh, will get the flight in 2021. So it's not like it's for nothing. It's just you got to be a little more patient before you're able to cash in on, on your earnings, essentially, from winning these these international tournaments. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool that they're going to honor that. Um, another interesting thing, and I don't really fully understand this. Maybe we can talk it out. Uh, for this tournament, uh, it says, in order to provide a better experience for the qualifier winners, we will send each winner some equipment, a camera, light, and backdrop. Players may use this equipment during SG Live 2020, and they may keep this equipment until SG Live 2021, at which time they may return it in person at the event or return it via mail at Speed Gaming's expense. <laughs> this is just, I don't know, I guess it's good. It kind of just seems like they're storing storing this equipment for them, you know. <laughs> it's a little weird. Like, I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> what, the, what the idea behind it is, I guess, to make the the online tournament portion look more um, homogenous, maybe, you know, so everyone sits in front of the same backdrop and has the same camera quality and everything. But other yeah, than it that... Yeah, it, it, it implies that, you know, if you win one of these tournaments, you're probably a better player and you're going to go pretty... You're going to advance pretty far. But it's not a guarantee because, like, I could understand them wanting the better players to like have a face cam and like be more of a physical element within mm -hmm. the whole game or whatever but that's not necessarily what they're saying here is going to happen so i don't know that's kind of interesting yeah I'll, we'll have to see what really happens with all of that i i thought that part was a little i don't know kind of strange i guess yeah i just don't fully understand it i'm not saying it's bad or dumb i just don't I, yeah I think exactly I, we, we need more info yeah mm -hmm. that's all but anyway, um, you know, we'll we will persevere. We'll 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 move on. We'll make the best of it, and uh, we'll we'll see you all in person, hopefully in in twenty twenty one. All right, let's move on to our next little bit of news here. Uh, this is all involving the racing council. We've got some turnover to discuss, so I'm going to turn it over to Dante to tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. Very I like nice. what you I like what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we did have a bit of turnover this time. Uh, we're recording this on 8-1, uh, or August the 1st, and literally um, the announcement just went out while we were recording this. So uh, if, if you're in that Discord, you probably already know about the council members. 
Uh, we did have some people step down. Um, I'm going to kind of put this in alphabetical order. Uh, of course, we know Act the Boker had already stepped down from council uh, kind of midterm. Uh, Big Dunka, Chex Human, The Fear Agent, Korek, Miss Metroid, Tojso, Trinex, and Walter IV uh, all had decided that uh, they were going to step down from council this time, and we thank them for their time uh, that they uh, put in. And uh, so our new members um, that are going to be inducted in as of like right now, uh, we have Amerith, Chimo, Megawatt, Pflan, Sailor Nep, Shireen, and Sir Linkalot. So those are the seven that we are adding uh, to meet our bylaw requirement uh, of 15 as a minimum council. So uh, that is going to be our new uh, kind of inductees for term number three. So it should be, I think we got a solid group here and yeah. we'll uh, do our best, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, live up to your oath. You guys take an oath, right? You have some sort of like uh, swearing in process. Yeah, we we put on um, we put on some robes and uh, we 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 chant how bad the ice rod is, and um, you know we say something about hovering, I think, and then you know you put your hand on the A button, and then you're you're sworn in, I think. It's something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's um, been a while since you went through the process. So. Yeah, I guess I got to re up it. Um, Maybe in two weeks I can tell you what what the actual swearing in process is. It's it's really weird though. It's like it's like a cult. No, I'm kidding. It, it's nothing like that. <laughs> we kid, but you know maybe there should be like a little live stream, just like a little, you know, something something like that. I think that's probably the most extra thing you've ever suggested <laughs> in in like the entirety of me chatting with you. But yeah, this uh, we don't need anything like that. <laughs> You don't want anything like that. It's probably more accurate to say. Well, like a, no one wants anything like that. <laughs> I would tune in. I would be there. Hey, We'd have get, one get at viewer. us in Discord if you if you would attend that that sort of event. We would have one viewer, and the viewer's name would be Temp underscore on Twitch, and I'd be like, <laughs> my boy. <laughs> I, I can off the top of my head, I can name five people who would rather die than miss that stream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I I mean I'm it's I'm not saying it's a good thing but like I know they would be there. Uh, yeah, let us know in the in the Discord if you um, if you would be interested in that sort of thing. I'm just curious. I'm not saying they're gonna do it. I just am wondering. Tim's looking for more things to restream on the combo <laughs> yeah. channel. No, I'm looking for more news events to talk about at the beginning of episodes to make them as long as possible. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that being said, let's move on. So um, I, I want to talk about this one briefly because I'm hoping I can talk about it more in depth. Uh, so we mentioned or actually Tuesday, Tim mentioned in the last episode that uh, Kern, a friend of the show, Kern, had reached his 100 Discord members goal that he was going for. And so he was going to attempt his blindfolded Link to the Past randomizer run. And he started that. Uh, last weekend, July 25th. Um, he started it uh, then. And after 44 and a half hours uh, playing in six sessions throughout this last week, uh, on July 31st, he beat Ganon and walked over the bridge, completed an entire randomizer seed blindfolded. Uh, it was quite a spectacle. There was about 170 people watching his stream when it happened, there with him, cheering him on. Uh, and he talked a little bit about, you know, the whole process afterwards. It was just, uh, 
insane first of all that he did this um and just so so entertaining to watch i would love to hear the two of y'all's thoughts on it but full disclosure i'm going to this just happened last night and i haven't talked to kern but i'm gonna see if i can catch up with him and talk to him for maybe 10 15 minutes about this if i'm able to do that i'm gonna just drop that in basically right here Hello, folks. Tuesday Temp here. Happy to announce that I was able to get on Kern's schedule, and I've got him here now. Hello, Kern. Yo. So, Kern, uh, I've said this to you many times already in text form, and I don't mind saying it again here on this show, but GG for what you have done. I, you, you must be. You must be the first person to ever beat A Link to the Past in a randomized way completely blindfolded uh but that is what you have done and and huge huge gg to you thanks man yeah and i i mean i gotta i gotta imagine that's true but it could even be the first time somebody has beat link to the past in any variation without using major glitches simply because the only people who do this blindfolded do it on the vanilla game um at least as the time of this recording and you pretty much have to get some better swords from moldorm in order to defeat him so you gotta use some major glitches usually but we didn't do that. No major no. glitches. <laughs> no, it was it was all done authentically. It was all streamed. Uh, the total time was just a little bit south of 44 and a half hours. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the record right now if anyone else thinks they want to <laughs> take it on. Um, n- now, you mentioned this uh, blind run that uses major glitches. So just to kind of, you know, start off with a little bit of a... a you know, uh, basis here for this whole stunt, there is some blindfolded link to the past that does occur right now. Can you tell us about uh, some of what goes into those runs? Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm honestly, I did not do my homework as much as I should have, which you can tell in the 44 and a half hour finish time. My original (laughs) estimate was 20 hours. So I was was better for it. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, it's more funny, maybe. But yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm woefully, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who know a lot more than me about the actual uh, vanilla speed blindfolded speed runs. But what I do know is that Parisian player is a huge um, trailblazer in that regard, having a nine and a half hour uh, limited major glitch run. And I believe Zelna also does blindfolded runs. I, I Unfortunately, I can't name all the community members. I know Senen's interested in blindfolded runs in the vanilla game and in the rando. Uh, Tam is starting to look into strats. But as far as the history of the game goes, I think... I want to say that Parisian player was the first pl- person to do it um, in the vanilla run. And I, and I apologize if I got that wrong. I'm sure I'm going to get lots of hate mail. Uh, but yeah, that, <laughs> that run is very different than what I did because I, my run was largely blind as well as blindfolded, meaning that not only did I not know where the items were, which is one definition of blind, but also I did not have strats for the vast majority of the game. So I had to develop those strats while blindfolded. And also importantly, you weren't because one way you could have done this is like, yeah, you can't see the screen, but you have a map in front of you the whole time. And you're basically looking at the map. A lot of us do like dark rooms that way for as an example. Um, but you uh, at first, I, I believe your policy wasn't to, to not do that at all. And then after spending a certain amount of time in certain rooms, you would allow yourself maybe like a glance at at the map. Um, but that what what went into your decision to kind of forsake the map? Uh, and then what went into, you know, finally deciding to kind of use it? Well, I mean, it's not a blindfolded run if I'm looking at stuff, right? So that that was pretty much what it boiled down to for, for me is, 
I mean, part of it is like the theatrics of, I mean, honestly, I had a blindfold on the whole run. Most right. of the time I didn't even need it on because my monitor wasn't even on, but right. you, you know, it's cooler to see someone with a blindfold on. So if I'm taking it off periodically or I have it off the whole time looking at maps, uh, then that's less cool, <laughs> I guess. But Absolutely. also th- there's, there's a huge, like a part of the reason I wanted to do it is because of the challenge of it. Like, oh my God, I have to develop strats for a blindfolded run. And also I have to develop some of those strats while blindfolded. Just really appealed to me as a challenge. But I ended up looking at, I think, 10 maps is what chat said. Um, I lost count. But my, my basically my condition was like, some of those things like Blind's Basement, I spent literally hours because I could not remember where the blocks were in the block puzzle. <laughs> and yeah. once I looked at a map, I did it in less than a minute. And it was like, once I reached that point and I realized, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't do this to myself. Like if I'm going to spend hours on a screen and I'm not making any progress, maybe I should you know, quote unquote, cheat and pause the game, look at a map, memorize it, then unpause the game with my blindfold on and then see if I can't do it then. Yeah, I mean, pretty impressive. You know, I to call that cheating, of course, is, is uh, you know, it, you've still got the blindfold on. And, and again, I don't think anyone could have faulted you for having the map in front of you the whole time. But I 100% agree. Just the visual of coming into stream and seeing you with with the blindfold on. Um, you know, kind of just dashing your way around, bonking on into everything. Um, yeah, it, it absolutely elevated the whole experience. Did you find out your final bonk count, by the way? I don't know. I actually, uh, I missed that in the credits. <laughs> Sinak was saying something. Well, I think it maxes out. We were talking about it a little bit while while you were running. I think it maxes out at 999 in the menu. But Sinak was saying something about going in and pulling like some true count. Um, so maybe I'll, uh, shoot him a message, see if I can get that and, Ooh. uh, put that in the description or something. But, That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, um, my, so, my death count. I do know that one. Um, well, yeah. it includes saving quits. And of course this doesn't include moments where I reset, but it's on the file menu. You know, when you like beat the game, mm-hmm. it shows it under your avatar. Uh, so it was 690, which I think is a pretty nice oh, wow. death count. Nice. Extreme. It's nice times 10. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> So uh, getting into the nitty gritty of the run, which we're not going to do much of, honestly, because really, I think everyone listening to this should just go check it out. You uh, you can just like skim through the VOD and pretty much any point is going to be some degree of entertaining. I personally was uh, watching all throughout the week. Like I I usually don't even watch Twitch that much. And I I was watching so much uh, because it was it was so fascinating. But to, to talk just a little bit about the run, can you maybe explain some, what are some of the things that you practice for the most? And then what are some of the things that ended up actually being the hardest? Um, well, the hardest things to do blindfolded, uh, I guess, first of all, basically like how it works is you, for the large part of the game, part of the game, you use your sword to navigate the environment. So you clink against walls or bushes or whatever. Um, so that gives you a good mental map in case your mental map's not hundred percent, or even just helps you find where the edge of a rail is or where a turn happens. Uh, so that's basically how you navigate, but that can be frustrated in a lot of ways. Enemies are one diagonal walls are another, um, because you don't clink on them, but you do move in directions you might not expect. But the hardest parts of a blindfolded run are rooms where you must kill enemies to advance are rooms that have pits in them because that frustrates your sword clinking to find edges as well. And uh, also rooms that have a timing element, like torch rooms. So I knew from the start that I was not going to be able to do any of the timing element rooms uh, with strats developed blindfolded. 
with a few exceptions like the torches on the way to Lanmo. I mean, that's easy enough. But mm-hmm. otherwise, like torch the torch room in Turtle Rock or torches one and two in Ganon's Tower, I obviously had to develop strats for that with my eyes open that I could then apply in a blindfolded run. And I spent hours practicing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, yeah. Race ahead. game comes to mind as as a similar kind of example. Um, early on in your run, it was very clear that you had put together a strat, you know, a series, a combination of button presses and weights to get yourself through the maze in that twenty seconds. Yeah, actually 15 seconds. And I think that at 15, the end, yeah. I did it in exactly 15. <laughs> so yeah, I, finally I was watching it. live for that. And that's when I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a hell of a ride. Yeah, that there were a few select rooms. I think at the end, I ended up practicing 60 rooms out of hundreds in the game. I only mm-hmm. I didn't mark down every single room, but I did mark every single chest in a few rooms. And I my spreadsheet had like two to three hundred items. Um, mm-hmm. So of the ones that I decided to mark down, which wasn't all of the rooms, I only, you know, I went unpracticed for 200 and some of them. And uh, as a viewer, I can definitely attest to the fact that some of them were as easy as you would think, you know, to kind of feel your way around. And then I think some of them presented unexpected difficulty that would sometimes take hours of planning and, you know, strategizing and figuring out to make your way through. And, And again, it was just like, so fun to watch in this morbid kind of way you know you're just like sometimes you'll be so close to what you're looking for and just bumbling around it and chad is just dying you know trying to get you like go left just go a little bit left you know and it was just it was so much fun to band together as a community and watch you and it was also really interesting that you you were not watching chat you kind of had like a surrogate a handler almost at all times sort of interpreting the general sentiment of chat and, and kind of helping you out in other ways. Uh, what what was that like having having a handler and and what were some of their main responsibilities? Well, they it was like I was really unorganized. The whole run, I got to say, it was incredibly unorganized and very <laughs> poorly planned, which just I think added to the comedy <laughs> yeah. for everybody but me. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm very thankful for the people who did show up in that Discord call. Uh, I didn't know how that would go at all. And yeah, like you said, there was somebody there almost the entire time, which I did not expect, which was great. But they were there mostly to just tune me into what's happening in chat in case anything, a technical issue showed up, like a stream issue, um, then they would be there. And it was great. I mean, uh, it was really wonderful to still get to have an ear out for that, but also that allowed chat to discuss what was happening without having yeah. to worry about spoiling it for me. They could talk about, oh, if only Kern knew this game mechanic, or all he has to do is bonk against this wall and that lines him up on the chest. Oh my God, this is taking forever. Or theorizing like, oh, I think Kern can't do this block puzzle in Blind's basement because he must have forgot the top two blocks, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was fun to kind of piece together your emotions and try to imagine what it was you thought you saw in your head, you know, the blinds basement. That was, that was a perfect example of that. Um, so I understand you do plan on going back. Well, two things. One, you went and played this one, not blindfolded, which I'm sure was a extremely illuminating experience for you. Uh, and another is you're going, you're planning on going back and watching all of this to kind of review. And um, I assume maybe hopefully kind of comb for moments to make a edited video of. Yeah. I'm working on an edited video and, I'm getting a lot of help in my Discord channel because uh, awesome, yeah, it's it's a monumental task. It's forty four and a half hours of footage, right? So, what was it like playing it back when you could actually see? Uh, it was definitely 
like, I mean, I found myself thinking, okay, next time I do this, but I'm like, whoa, 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 no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious how often I was close to things and didn't realize it or how far off I was. Like sometimes I was screens away from where I thought I was. Um, but it was, yeah, cool. it was good to be like let in on the humor. Honestly, it was such, it was such an intense, I didn't expect this emotional experience. Like I thought mm-hmm. I was really cocky going into it and I was like, I'm going to end this run. And I had planned to say when I beat Ganon, my plan was to say, Link to the Past Randomizer, that's a game for babies. I could beat it with my eyes closed. But <laughs> at the end of that, after, at the end of five... But you did say that, to well, be fair. I mean, I said that in the exact way I just said it, yeah. <laughs> which was yeah. I had planned to say. But right. at the end of five hours of Ganon attempts, um, mm-hmm. I was feeling humbled. And it was, yeah, it was incredibly emotional. And so to go back and watch these moments of comedy really was really cathartic for me and i said many times during the run i have no idea why you guys are here like what you know how is this possibly entertaining i could not watch this i can barely even do it uh because it's so frustrating and then going back and watching it i realized like oh my god this is actually comedy gold <laughs> to watch someone yeah. with their eyes closed but also really satisfying too when you would spend an hour or two in some room that we all blaze by on a regular basis, when you would finally figure it out, it was, it was so like, it was a moment for like joy and celebration every single time, almost every single room in the game was like that. Um, so it was, yeah, it was just a pleasure to watch. Now, uh, it sounded like based on something you said earlier, you're not planning on giving this another go anytime soon. Is that, (laughs) am I, am I correct in that? I don't know. I mean, if I did, I would definitely practice every single room and it would be a very different kind of run. It would be like, it's supposed to be more impressive than funny. Uh, And if I did, it would be because somebody like Tam ends up developing rando strats and wants to do an actual race. Then I might do it. Mm, Okay. So uh, what's next for you? Oh God, I don't know. Something dumb. Definitely. (laughs) Um, Maybe the Kaizo Miser uh, or... I'm thinking about speedrunning um, Grudo Exile, the most mm. recent, like, really popular uh, Link to Past ROM hack. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> awesome. A break is what's next. <laughs> well, uh, you can watch Kern at twitch.tv slash Kern. Uh, and Kern's also got the Discord, Kern Land, which we will definitely link in the description. Uh, anything else you want to shout out or kind of fin- final moment to say whatever you'd like on the show? I mean, just thank you so much to everybody who was there for the live run um, that like all the support that I got from the helpers and the mods who were like last minute dubbed mods, but also just like everybody in chat to have to have like a community to help support me through that run is like really why I was able to do some of those things like five hours of Ganon Tim. So, yeah, just thanks so much to everybody who helped out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kern, again, for uh, taking some time to chat with us. My pleasure. Let's get back to the show. It was just absolutely insane. Um, do you guys have any kind of thoughts or comments or anything before we move on? Uh, I got to say, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead first. <laughs> no. So all I was going to say was Kern has a level of dedication uh, to to that project that I think everybody needs to important things in life. But like I, I can't imagine like I can't think of the last time. I, I invested 40 plus hours in something in the span of a week besides my job. But like, you know, even that man, like as, <laughs> as far as a, as far as a hobby, 
I mean, that's insane. That's absolutely incredible. And big props. Actually finishing it, uh, you know, basically blind, like blind the whole time. You know, not even a tracker except whatever his, you know, he could, you know, go in his brain and remember because he's going through the menu like every time he gets something. Uh, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say kind of the same thing in a way, but also uh, I don't really know how to put this. It's it's not that I'm not impressed with what he did and that I don't think it's awesome and that I don't think it's absolutely crazy, but in my brain, it's just so extremely out there and like crazy that I can almost like not comprehend it like my brain just keeps asking why yeah you know it's like it's not i don't want to take away from him at all i think it was absolutely crazy and awesome and entertaining and awesome that he did it but it's just like you know i can see a blindfolded nmg run which is already you know up there and i'm like oh man that's really crazy how do you do that but a blindfolded rando run is just that just is too much for my tiny little human brain to wrap my head around i think yeah there was so much going on you know in in the same way that rando uh is attractive for a lot of different reasons to a lot of different people watching kern try to you know basically treat the entire game like a dark room except even worse because you can't see even where you are mm-hmm. it was fascinating it honestly was like i there were times where i could not pull my eyes away from the stream because he was so close to getting this one stupid thing like incredibly dumb things that even the even brand new players can do in literally 10 seconds he would spend hours on because without being able to see of course it's a million times harder mm-hmm. but um uh, yeah, huge, huge shout-outs to Kern. What an accomplishment. Certainly the first person to do this, I have to imagine. We would have heard about it before now yeah, if anyone sure. had tried this. So, yeah, um, incredible. All right, uh, GMP, community updates. Give me that jingle. Do, so do, nice. Do, do. <laughs> I was talking to Tuesday Tim, dancing, oh. not you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, episode 52 was the lampless one. Of course, we did. We wanted to get people practicing dark rooms. I promise you I will play this one this weekend. I just haven't had a chance to yet, uh, so I can't speak to it. Uh, Dante, did you get a chance, T? <sighs> I wanted to. Uh, work did not allow it. So, um, I, I mean, I'm sorry I'm selfish because when it was time to do a ladder race or this, I was like, oh, I'll do the ladder race. I do that, too. I always do the ladder race if there's one available. That's one of the reasons, honestly, it's been hard for me to do these BWSs because I, I do like to do the ladder um, when it's available and have the one-on-one. You do mm. do the ladder? I do do the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but I, I really do want to play this one. and I'm excited. To, I was actually kind of disappointed. All of the ladder seeds that I did get after this episode came out were very much lamp included. I did very few dark rooms, <laughs> even though I wanted to test off my, you know, new, no- test out my new knowledge um, that I looked, that I got from you guys. I got a, a couple chances. I think I did like dark cross and maybe like Meyer basement or something, but all right. So more importantly, gentlemen, what are we going to do for episode 53 where we're talking all about mentoring? Is there, do you guys have any like clever ideas for ways to kind of, rope that in or should we just do another like open seven seven what do you think hmm 
I really don't have any ideas, to be honest, especially not with regards to mentoring, unless we make it like, you know, the, the seat almost doesn't matter as much. We could tell yeah. people to maybe find their own mentor if they want to try out the, the experience in a way. Yeah. Let's make it interesting. Okay. And let, let's make it minimizer. Hmm. What's your uh, reasoning for that? I don't know, because you might need some help. And we're, we're talking about help. You know, if you've never done Enemizer, uh, it's you kind of... You might indeed need some help. Yeah, I that's, think that's a good that's way the, to put it. That's the thing on uh, on Ladder, and uh, there's a preset for that. I can get a seed really quick, and it won't be messed up by a stinking customizer. Have we done Enemizer? I don't uh, think so. If we did, it was many, many moons ago. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm into it. Let's, yeah, let's do Enemizer. Yeah, sure. Should we do Boss Shuffle or no? It's going to be the preset Endomizer with Sahabot. I, I think that's no boss shuffle, right? That is, that's not chaos bosses. That is boss shuffle. Oh, okay. So there is so boss shuffles. Basically, yeah. two bosses will appear twice. Mm -hmm. and, or I'm sorry, three bosses will appear twice, and every boss is guaranteed to appear once in a location. But there's still a chance you may not find a Trinex, you know? So, um,. You know, it could be at the basement of God. If it's in the basement of GT, uh, you know, help us all. But uh, other than that, we'll uh, uh, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll, we'll okay. do. We'll finally take the plunge. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm into that. Just keep in mind when you play this that bosses being shuffled can change the uh, progression requirements to get the crystal. Um, you know, just because you got a bow doesn't mean you can finish pod necessarily. You know, you Trinex might be there and you need the ice rod instead. So just keep that in mind when you're running around. Also uh, keep yeah. in mind that uh, the other caveat to think about, uh, Eastern may not require a bow at all. So, uh, true. you know, just just keep it in mind. Very true. Cool. All right. I'm into it. Uh, all right. Let's, um, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Walter. I think he, you know, sets it up pretty well. He, as, as I mentioned, Walter was a superstar mentor for us. Mentored far and away the most uh, matches out of out of anybody this this season this year, um, so yeah. You guys have anything to add before we uh, open up the rock and step into the portal to interview world? No, let's jump right in. I'm excited. All right, let's go. On the Go Mode podcast today, we are pleased to welcome superstar mentor. Walter the Fourth. Walter, welcome to the show. Yo, thank you. I'm I'm super hyped to meet this superstar you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, my friend. Um, so Walter, uh, we you know mentioned the first time that we did the mentor tournament that we wanted to invite uh, a mentor on. We actually ended up inviting two mentors on, Cassidy Moen and our very own Dante, who uh, went on to become a co-host here. Uh, and we we said the same thing this year that we wanted to invite uh, a mentor on afterwards, um, you know, once the mentors are, are done with their mentoring to just talk about their experiences. But we didn't set any sort of uh, official like goal to set if you wanted to be that mentor. We just knew that there would probably be someone who would stand out and it would be obvious that they were the person we wanted to invite. And I would have to say that definitely happened because um, – Walter, like like I said, uh, mentored far and away more than anyone else in the tournament, really stepped up 
um, and had a lot of mentees that had really positive things to say about working with him. Um, what was the overall count of, of games that you mentored by, by your count? Um, so I had to recount them a couple of times, but I think the final count I came up to was 35. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a lot that's, of games. That's a lot of games. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's insane. And that's uh, we had a total of six weeks that were mentored. Um, so, yeah, tr- truly insane. Um, now, we'll, we'll get into all of that. And, and one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on uh, was to not only, uh, you know, give you the opportunity to be here, which we had promised, but honestly, just to educate us and tell us what it's like to do that volume of mentoring kind of things that you learned and advice that you have for mentors in the future. But before we do all that, um, could you just kind of give us an idea of your rando background, like how you got into it and, you know, how often you play now and all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think um, like the first time I found rando, uh, I was just randomly on Twitch scrolling through a bit. Um, I wasn't normally on Twitch by then, so it was a little bit random. But I just saw that like Link to the Past had like 1.5k viewers or something like that, which was a little bit weird for me. And that was like during the fall tournament of, has to be like 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yep, yeah, this is something I'm going to do because this is like one of my favorite games ever. And uh, it's a pretty cool way of playing it. And I've just been playing around ever since. Um, so you saw it from the a tournament on Twitch. How long did it take from you seeing people play it to trying it out yourself? Uh, I think it was like the same night. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, I used to like play. I didn't start racing right away, but I was like playing seats on my own at the same time as watching um, VODs of the tournament. And that way, like learning the tricks and trying to like keep up the same pace as, as they were doing which was obviously uh, not not something I was going to do right away. And it, it kind of had a it kind of backfired a bit because when the uh, vaults were over, I like started a new seed and started a new vault, so I was pretty good at the like the mid and early game, but I was pretty trash at like Ganon and Ganon's tower cuz I never got there. <laughs> like I usually started a new seed when I was in go mode just so I could start a new vault at the same time. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's kind of hard when you start because it's like there's so many things about Rando that are so much fun that draw uh, different people to it. And you want to just like focus on the one thing that's fun to you, whether it be like early game, mid game, late game. And it's not until you start to play more where you're like, well, it'd be really be nice to finish the seed consistently. So I guess I should practice these other aspects of the game. So that's yeah. pretty that's pretty relatable. Yeah. And that's like one of the cool things with the the whole like idea of mentoring because uh, there's so many like obvious things that you won't notice on your own unless someone is actually like pointing it out. Like f- for the first year and a half, I think I didn't have background input on my emulator, so yeah. I could only track on my tracker every time I went up and downstairs. Mm. <laughs> wow. like, that's such an obvious thing but i had no idea about it i was like how are these people so good at tracking yeah man no it's it feels really good to hear you say that honestly and that's uh we've said this a lot of times on this show but that's like one of the reasons i started this show is because there are so many blind spots and sometimes it just takes someone saying something that maybe everyone else might think is super obvious but i know every time we say one of those things one person goes oh my god like you know like i know that that happens because 
there's just so much to know about this game. And, and that's a, a perfect segue, I think, into getting into this whole conversation. So um, Walter was kind enough uh, when we approached him and talked about coming on the show to collect his thoughts uh, in sort of an outline here. And um, we've got some sort of broad categories to go over. So the first one that you've provided here, Walter, is uh, generally just talking about the mentees specifically in the mentor tournament. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you. And if you could just kind of go through some of some of these thoughts, um, the three of us might come in for uh, questions and, and things like that. But uh, go ahead and take it away. For sure. Um, yeah, so like this is mostly from what I've learned from my own uh, mentees, but also like what I've heard from, from mentees overall in the, in the tournament. But like, so I had seven mentees, well, six and a half mentees throughout the tournament. I had seven to begin with, but Brickster's computer got like destroyed by an act of God, kind of. Like lightning struck his house and burned his computer. So he had to drop after like the first two or three rounds. Um, bad so luck, after man. That, that, that's just bad luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know I think what he, to say, you know. He got his computer back like earlier this week or something like that. So yeah. it wasn't completely destroyed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had like six Mentees uh, for the rest of the tourney after that and did like a few pickup races uh, with a couple of other um, Mentees as well. But like from the beginning, I was probably only uh, thinking about mentoring Brickster because like last mentor tourney I only mentored one person and that was only for like two or three races but people just kept uh, asking me if I could mentor them and I kind of felt bad about just uh, doing one quick race with them and then just like leaving them so I just picked them up for the rest of the tournament instead Mm. Um, now I did notice so we we tried something new this year I think worked really well which was having a mentor availability calendar set up shout out to lumaga for setting that up for us um but it would display sort of in a nice neat graph times that the mentors were available and i sort of remember a lot of people being available around like you know evening uh north american times and and a lot of weekend times and i remember seeing you being available a lot of the times that other people other mentors were not available do you think that had a lot to do with you know having so many folks reach out to you yeah, I think so for sure. Because I'm like, my availability is kind of varied. So I just like put in a very broad availability. And then when people ask me, I can just say no or yes, if, mm-hmm. if that time works or not. So I didn't want to like uh, alienate any people for, for that reason. And like, I'm so used with doing tournaments with playing against people from North America. So I'm like kind of used to with doing random late night as well. Mm-hmm. And Walter, you're located in Sweden. Yes. Yes. Cool. Okay. Um, let's let's continue on. Let's let's move to the next thing you have here. Yeah. So, like, one thing that really surprised me right away was, um, like, in hindsight, it kind of doesn't surprise me anymore. But like, almost every mentee that I got in contact with and that I just like saw during races as well knew how to do Diver Down, Icebreaker, and Heropod, like, really well as well, uh, as well which was, like, kind of surprising because they're, like, sort of new glitches and a little bit more complicated than some of the other, like, standard starting glitches that you would normally learn. But in one way, I guess, like, I after a while, I just started, like, looking at those as Ice Pal's bomb jump was when, like, uh, all of us other people started, like, three years ago. Mm-hmm. That was, like, yeah. the big thing that you had to learn. And these are 
kind of become that. So it makes sense that that would be like one of the first thing that the new people uh, in the community would learn. Yeah, I, I had that same reaction. I was really surprised. It was like before the tournament started, uh, a lot of people were just doing casual races and stuff. And I was bouncing around to streams and yeah, I saw a lot of people uh, pull those off and, and had the same thought as you. It was like, wow, that's really advanced new tech. I can't believe they know how to do that. But then it's like, oh, if, if you're somewhat new to the game and you watch and you see someone do that, like you're going to want to learn how to do it immediately because it's pretty cool. And also the commentators are probably talking all about it, you know, about the newest tricks. So, um, yeah, it, interesting observation. Um, and, you know, I mean, they're good tricks to learn. Can't deny yeah. that. Yeah, I kind of like when I started mentoring so many people, I kind of had to hold myself to like a higher standard in one way because I'm like, you need to to teach the way you like live kind of um and like i've i never actually learned like hair apart with the bomb i always only did it with uh boots so that's actually something that one of my mentees taught me during this tournament (laughs) how to do with the bombs that's cool yeah that's really cool you love to hear it (laughs) um and you know it kind of goes back to something we said last year where uh mentoring it's not necessarily it's not necessary for the mentor to be like leagues leagues better than the person they're mentoring sometimes just you know by virtue of having a different perspective or having picked up things from a different place and again just this vast amount of knowledge that's required or available for this game i should say of course there's going to be things like that and and i love that i love that there can be a transference of knowledge just not not just from the mentor to mentee but also the other way yeah, like one of the reasons I didn't mentor so much um, last season um, was pretty much because I didn't feel super comfortable in my own abilities. I'm like, what if like the the mentee is like pretty much the same level or better than me, and mm. I'm I'm just gonna make a fool of myself? But like this this year, I felt like uh, it should be no problem at this point at least. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, now one here, uh, one thing you have here is two team kills. Yeah, so. We had like seven or six and a half mentees, um, so we were like kind of worried that a lot of them were gonna like match up against each other. And like mm. second week, we had two of our mentees playing each other, and we were like, "Oh, we hope this isn't a trend." Because first of all, that means that one of them is gonna lose, and second of all, um, like I'm not gonna be able to mentor them both at the same time. That just wouldn't be a a possibility but luckily we only had like uh, one more team kill throughout the uh, entire Swiss and that was like the last round as well which is mentorless so that was um, was kind of kind of nice in one way because yeah Yeah. I didn't have to like mentor one over the other or anything like that nice yeah that that is kind of a puts you in kind of a, a interesting situation of you know we had to make it so that we had to make mentors as available as as they were able to be so that we avoided the problem we had last time of sometimes not having enough mentors to go around to mentor all of the racers um so yeah it was it was bound to happen i'm glad that it didn't cause too much strife in uh, the the walter uh sphere of mentors and mentees yeah for sure that would have been awkward all right, uh, tell us about, uh, you have PBs here. I'm assuming this is uh, racer PBs. Yes, there was like, um, I wish I had kept like more um, advanced statistics of everything that was happening throughout this tourney, because um, it would be very handy right now. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of like runners or like mentees who got like new PBs throughout this uh, tournament, like sometimes even like uh, back-to-back PBs. 
-hmm. and not only in like practice races but like in the actual tournament races as well which is always pretty cool just uh like a, a nice way to like show progress like it's kind of um it's kind of not too good to focus too much on PBs because it's rando and like the time itself doesn't really tell you um, how much you're progressing, but it's it's definitely a good like uh, sign to see your average time go down a lot. Very true. Yeah, it's a good you know kind of self check. Um, but yeah, it's good to hear you say also that you don't want to get too wrapped up. I totally agree with that. Um, and uh, speaking of things like Diver Down and Icebreaker that are new tricks. Uh, you've got something written here, first time tricks during races. Uh, were, was it easy? What was your experience trying to teach people things that they didn't know on the fly? Like sometimes I, I didn't want to focus on that too much because like I, I want them to play to their own strength and then you can like practice stuff like that in between the weeks. Uh, but there was definitely uh, moments like one of our runners that were like super new. I think they're, they had only done like two or three races before the tournament started in their like second race or maybe it was the fourth race ever in the in the tournament. They were in go mode without the lamp. So we like we just decided to like go for Dark Meyer and they actually like got it first try, which was pretty amazing. Oh, wow. And there was like a couple of other tricks like that that runners uh, didn't really know or haven't really tried, but like were able to do when, when like the pressure was on. That's awesome. Darkmire is hard, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Really we definitely uh, got a, a couple of potions in advance because we're like, we're probably gonna need this. Like <laughs> Darkmire is kind of hard to talk someone through at the same time as well because there's so much thing, so so many things happening at the same time as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so Walter, you mentioned uh, uh, when we were talking about PBs that you wish you had kind of kept some better stats. Well, fortunately. Uh, thanks to our wonderful admin team, and I got to give a second shout out to uh, Metro Tournament admin Lumaga. We have uh, some stats available that we've been compiling throughout the tournament, specifically related to mentoring. Uh, now, next episode we'll do sort of a mentor tournament, uh, you know, wrap up. We'll have the winner on and get into more kind of racing stats. But uh, for the time being, at least, we do have some uh, mentor stats that are compiled. And I thought we could maybe take a moment to just kind of sort of, you know, all four of us look and uh, shout out some of our, um, you know, superstar mentors that were in the double digits here. And also just, you know, mention some of these uh, kind of overall average stats that we have, too. So um, to start it off, like I said, let's let's go over these these all star mentors. Of course, we have Walter the fourth. We have here Times Mentor 32, but I I think we removed all of the ones that ended up being uh, not raced. But uh, for the in the case of mentors, like you did agree to do that and you would have been there. So to me, I think I think that counts. So I'm, I'm willing to give you that 35. Uh, I think next, I think uh, I can actually see it because it says first explosion. I mentored one time and uh, I definitely mentored him more times. So that's probably the ones missing. OK. All right. We'll have to go back through and just uh, make sure that we've got everything here. But um should be pretty pretty close other than that so we'll we'll excuse mm -hmm. that one discrepancy and and move along with it um but the next one we have here uh the next the person who mentored the most was shireen so huge shout outs to shireen uh next up uh, the the uh i'll just read the rest in our double digit club here we have sej azdaha dr bobtastic senin gamachu trinex worldwide wimpy koi 
and Sailor Nep. So huge, huge thank you and shout outs to those folks. And then, of course, I mean, you know, we had folks that mentored nine, eight, seven times. Huge, huge shout outs to you guys as well. Um, as I've said many times, we literally couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much to those folks. Um, I, I want to turn it over to uh, uh, my friends here on the cast. Do you guys see anything in these statistics, uh, maybe like in the weekly stats or the affinities that we have over here that stands out to you that you want to shout out? The biggest thing that stands out to me, um, and I know that we still have a little cleanup potentially to do with the mentor list, uh, there are 56 different people who it mentored at least one time. And Damn. That's insane because we yeah. didn't we didn't even have that many mentors last year. It was it was a lot less. Now I know there were a lot more matches this year as well, but man, you know, fifty six different people is quite a bit in my mind. Like that's that's fifty six different people volunteering probably what two hours at least of their time, and that doesn't even really reflect any time that they you know may have practiced with them you know kind of offline or off racing. Yeah, absolutely. I think we had like 27 total mentors last year, to give you an idea. It's so it, it is crazy how many people stepped up to help. And another thing to that point is I loved all of the, uh, you know, past 2019 racers who were stepping up to be mentors. I mean, obviously, you love to see that, right? A lot of them were talking all year about how yeah. excited they were about paying it forward and mentoring. And, and mm-hmm. we had so many of them step up. Yeah. yeah, there were a ton of those. I think that's really also for me the most significant part of this. I was looking at the at the times, especially the weekly stats, to see if you could really tell anything. And there's like a little bit where you can see that there was like improvement, but it's it's kind of hard to tell A and B. I think the times alone, uh, as Walter was mentioning earlier, were they're kind of hard to really gauge anything from. Because yeah. it, it depends on the seed, it depends on the mode and everything. So that's that's not really something where you can gain a lot of knowledge from. But I think the number of mentors that we had and that we... I don't think we really had any problems except for a few very minor ones where people had like trouble finding a mentor. Or I don't think we had a single race where people had to race mentorless. Hmm. So Yeah, uh, we had some people choose not to, which mm-hmm. we decided... To, to let him do but yeah i don't think we ever had like a problem where just someone couldn't find one yeah yeah and i think that's the uh, the biggest and probably also the best improvement overall absolutely yeah yeah um, i know i know i actually like messaged Dante a couple of times i was like i see that someone is about to do a race without a mentor what's up <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i was like kind of concerned about that as well for a while but i mean if if it's their choice if they want want to try to do a mentorless to get like a bigger challenge like it's the the turn is all about learning right and sometimes you learn from mistakes as well um now i also want to give a shout out to sej who stepped up to mentor in a big way oh my god i did not mean to do that i'm so sorry to make that sound like a rap (laughs) but uh sej stepped up and had the most variety of uh, mentorship among different racers i think was just kind of mr availability which is uh, absolutely needed so we had 13 uh unique uh mentees under sej so huge shout outs uh to you for being available um as often as you were there that's so cool 
Um, and then we also had sort of on the opposite side of the spectrum, um, uh, racer uh, Yardo, for instance, had uh, mentor Nabs um, all five times that they raced. So like, it, and that's totally cool too. And that's something that we sort of said at the beginning we wanted to make available is uh, it's good to kind of spread out mentors having a lot of them uh so you can pick up info from a lot of different places but there's also something to be said for like having that coach that they're your person and you're you know they're they know they have a good relationship with you and they're going to be very honest with you and um some people i think would you know responded better to that sort of mentorship uh, so with that, I think that's kind of a good transition back into uh, the notes that, that you've prepared, Walter, because I know that you wanted to speak to that specifically. Um, what are your thoughts on like, you know, having a lot of mentors versus matching up with one person specifically? Where, where do you lie on that? Um, I was I was kind of like more in the camp of like, like committing to a specific amount of runners because that way you can like. Um, it's hard to give like all the advice in like one week like you can't really overwhelm them too much with info right away because if you try and do that they're not going to be able to like absorb it all so like sometimes you can you kind of have to like face it out in in, in like a longer period of time which i kind of felt like uh, was was pretty useful i did do um talk to all of my mentees though and like kind of encourage them to try and see uh, if they wanted to find other mentors as well because it can be good to have like feedback from different sources um but most of them just ended up staying instead hmm. uh you have a note here about doing three races back to back to back uh, would you advise that or, or no, no. <laughs> okay <laughs> don't do that uh yeah there was like there was one of it was like one of the last weeks of swiss we had like uh, free races in, in the last like Sunday um, and it was like uh, not a great idea in <laughs> hindsight because I thought I was going to have a heart attack during the third race because they were like all really bad seats as well. Like like terrible seats and they just get worse and worse through, throughout the entire day. Just like mirror on purple chest and you had to go into swamp without hook shot and go into ice pass without hammer and like the seeds just became worse and worse and yeah after that i was like i just typed to my maintenance right away i was like okay from now on we're not doing free races in one day anymore <laughs> that's pretty reasonable to me um so did when you're mentoring that many times in one day or even just this much in general, do you feel the same kind of like seed bleed that that people get when they play two you know two two seeds in a in a day? Um not quite. I'm I'm kind of used to playing a lot of seeds in a row and most uh -huh. of the times I can kind of separate them um quite well. Um but we definitely like I can definitely see a lot of similarities we had and like it can sometimes you can almost fall into a trap that like you did something like a little bit of a more risky play that worked out in, in, in one seed and then you get like a seed that's very similar right after so you might feel like oh i should just do the same thing again but that that might not necessarily be true because mm -hmm. like uh, there's still like small differences and like the play you did might not have been a, a very likely play to succeed so like that can be a little bit of a of a pit to fall into Sure. Yeah, you can get like false confirmation bias kind of from, yeah. from seed to seed. Um, well, and and I I see a note here about tracking along with the runner. I'm sure that that probably helps. What what sort of uh, you know 
uh, like work like that are you doing when you're mentoring the average uh, race? So like normally when I when I play myself, I only have like a item tracker. But when I'm mentoring, I like it's a lot easier to just do like more um, more extensive tracking. So I, I just like have up as as much as I can. Like I use the Dunker tracker, so I have the like the map tracker option on, and then the sphere tracker as well, so we can like kind of have a good idea of, uh, of of the spheres as well, which is normally not super important, but it can be sometimes. And like, it's a good way to remember what sequence broken and stuff like that as well. Hmm. Yeah, we were just talking about spheres in the, in the last episode and the efficacy of tracking those or not. Um, uh, so you have something here about screen sharing. Yeah, so when it comes to like mentoring, I feel like uh, screen sharing on Discord is like, by far the the best way unless you're actively in the same room the best way of doing it and being in the same room is, is kind of hard unless you're you're like a good friend or, or like someone you live with um because there was there was definitely a couple of uh, times we had to do it on twitch instead and like just a four or five seconds delay is enough to like make the experience a lot harder uh, both for like the runner and the mentor because like sometimes um, you might spot a mistake and you're like trying to call that out, but that five second delay can be enough for that to like already be a device that's not worth anything anymore because they're already past that point. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I that is something that we did not have for the last mentor tournament, if I recall. This Discord screen share function was not a thing back then. Uh, and now it's super easy. It's enabled. It just works. It works really well. It's an it's an obvious kind of way to 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 do this. And I'm I'm glad that we you know that folks figured that out and were able to to utilize that. Um, it seems seems like it worked out pretty good. I'll kind of yeah. echo I've... what Walter said. Like I remember last year with mentoring, I had to police myself a lot on wanting to correct them, but you'd had you kind of have to have the mental awareness of like okay, they're way past that at this point because of Twitch, like the delay and all he was talking about. So it was, you know, if you if you f- focused on it too much, you definitely could distract them. But uh, I do really remember that being one of the biggest hurdles last year. Yeah, you almost have to be like one step ahead and be mm-hmm. like, okay, when you're walking into this room, you might be doing this mistake. Don't do it. Just <laughs> yeah. because like, uh, just because of the delay. Definitely, absolutely. Uh, and, and generally, I'm all for trying to get into the headspace of the person that you're mentoring and wondering, you know, if, if someone were to handle me like this or knowing what I know about this person, it's not just about giving them the information, right? It's about how you frame it and when you say it and, uh, you know, the, the, the effect that it's going to ultimately have on them. Um, so can you, can you speak to that maybe, you know, like uh, how important it is to be aware of, you know, not just what your mentors or your mentee is doing, but like just them as, as a person? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a little bit of a case-by-case basis because everyone is different um, and everyone will kind of like respond differently on, on in different ways. But um, um, just as a overall thing i think just staying positive is a very good um like thing to do because like if if you start like giving them negative feedback like that's not gonna help them anymore in their mindset and and that might just make things worse and like even if you do a mistake that's fine like 
mistakes are going to happen in, in every seed. Like, even the top runners will do mistakes all the time. So, like, doing mistakes is fine. You just try and shake it off and, like, just focus on what's coming next instead. But, like, so, so it's good to be positive, but it's also good to, like, be positive, but at the same time actually give, like, constructive feedback. So you don't just want to, like, praise them over and over again. Like, you still need to, like, call out the mistakes. Yeah. Like, every mistake not might not have to be called out during a race. Like, that can be something that you can take after the race is over. Yeah. I mean, that's that's your job. <laughs> you know, like, that's that's the part where it's like, you know, if you're just like, oh, good job. Oh, great job. Then, you know, they're they're not really getting their quote unquote money's worth, even though this is all, you know, free and volunteer or whatever. Um, yeah, you got you got to give them something to, to work on. And hopefully everyone who is racing came in with a kind of mindset that they were going to be accepting of, of that sort of thing and I, I think overall everyone did yeah um, yeah uh so uh we, we it's, it's about time to move on to our next uh header here but anything about mentoring that you want to mention to kind of wrap this section up uh okay so yeah one thing that i thought was pretty important is to like let the uh, runners be involved in the riding decisions as well mm. um because they have to learn if i'm just going to tell them where to go it, they are just going to do that and, and not like really know why. Um, like sometimes I kind of, I kind of tell them, yeah, we should definitely go here right now. But like at that point you might as well like explain why, but like I, a lot of the times I try and find like multiple good options and be like, okay, there, here's like three different good options we have right now. And any of these are fine. This is the one I recommend the most. Or, and like, this is the one that could be most punishing or something like that. And, and, like, sometimes there might not be too many good choices. And then I, like, sometimes maybe give them a little bit of an illusion of choice of being like, okay, here's three different options. You can kind of pick whichever you want, but I strongly recommend this one. And if they still don't pick the one I recommend, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, sure, we can go with that. But just know it's super risky and we might be, um, like, punished pretty hard for that and stuff like that. Like, because sometimes there is, like, almost only one obvious option but at the same time like yeah you could go for the risky play but sometimes it's not like worth to go for that risky play because the the potential um the potential of that paying off is, is so low compared to what you're how hard you're gonna get punished in terms of like time investments and stuff like that but yeah like yeah. just try to let them be part of of the routing decisions and like sometimes you can work around their routing like every there's not one single route that's the best way to route like everyone have their own preferences. So like sometimes you have to work around their idea of routing instead of like forcing your own. And then of course with rando, like sometimes someone could route in a way that is objectively terrible and then be rewarded by it. So yeah, you just, the, you just it could never happen. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And that's, I think that's so important that, you know, if you're just telling them what to do and they're not involved in the process, it's like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, like no one's learning anything. Um, you know, you're just a pawn at that point in, in someone else's race. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear you say that uh, yeah. you know, an important part of this process is, you know, letting them ultimately make the decisions, but, but have a justification for why they're doing it. Yeah, I almost never said, like, go here, go here. Like, in cases like that, I would still, like, say my suggestion is we go here first because of this or, or because of that. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, so next up, your next header here is mentor tech. And, and the first thing you have written here is practice runs. What, what, are we, uh, what are we about to talk about here? 
Yes, I think mentor tech might, might be a little bit misleading, but I didn't know like a good way to phrase it. But this is just like the way um, our group ended up practicing a lot, like the different like uh, uh, mentor strats we used to tr practice like in between races, pretty much. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so like we started with doing like one practice run for like every mentee. So so like that will give me a good idea on on what they're game style is like and, and like what they're good at and what they maybe need more work on and stuff like that like what glitches they know and stuff so that was like i feel like the best way to start off because like you get a good notion of like talking to each other and build some chemistry and at the same time like getting to know like the strength and weaknesses of, of your runners so tell us about boss execution I, i've always said that not knowing how to beat bosses is like probably the number one roadblock to getting faster at this game. Not to mention the tilt that you feel when you do die at one. So how did you handle working on boss execution with your mentees? Um, it, it was a little bit like different from, from runner to runner. I had one runner who wanted to like really practice bosses and just like told me to like walk them through the lowest percent on every, and, and like every boss. Um, but like, the one big thing I think is like getting runners comfortable in doing a little bit more low percent boss fights overall. And when you don't have like a good sword, if you maybe only have the fighter sword or sometimes even the master sword, trying to like get them used to uh, using the hammer instead because it's such a good weapon. It's it's a really bad weapon when you're a new runner because the hitbox is kind of weird and it takes a while to learn it. But once you get used to it, it's like having a free tempered sword anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the hammer, I mean, it's it sucks to use and it's hard and weird, but like it's, yeah, automatic tempered when you get it and uh, definitely worth figuring those out. Yeah. And um, some, sometimes it can be like almost the reverse. Like you might have really good protection you like have a, f a red mail and like eight hearts going into mafia but only fighter sword so at that point it's just like teaching them that like sometimes you don't have to be careful you can use face tank mafia and then hit them with a hammer during the like iframes and stuff like that because yeah. like at that point mafia uh, would only do like half a heart so you got like almost infinite health in just walking into him and hammering during the iframes yeah, I like that. Having different methods and a strategy going in depending on your items is such a core aspect of, of running this game. And that's a, a really good demonstration of that is, you know, on, on bosses and how you handle them. Um, what about movement tech? There's a lot of items that speak to movement. Um, you know, what, what was your kind of philosophy going in dealing with mentors on that or mentees? Yeah, that was probably like one of the things that I felt like most runners had to work on the most because mm. that is something that you might not think too much about. Like everything from just pumping to canceling stair lag to just taking efficient dashes and, and stuff like that is just something you don't think about a, a lot if you're just racing on your own. Like I don't think there might have been one, but Otherwise, I don't think any of my mentees even knew what canceling Starlight was when we started, but they all knew like Diver Down and Icebreaker and stuff like wow. that. Wow. So I was like, okay, this is the first thing we're going to go through. If you're going to remember one thing after this tournament is canceling Starlight every single time because it's so free and it saves time. 
It adds up. I mean, if you don't cancel Sterlag at all, that really just adds seconds, like, guaranteed to your run. Not not takes them away. It makes you that much slower. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the next point says, many small streams leads to a river. That's like a Swedish saying for saying, like, a lot of small things adds up to, like, something big at the end. That's beautiful. And that's just, like, what... Um, a lot of my runners had to work on i think because there was like a lot of times where it's just like a small thing here a small thing there and like especially because we had so many close races like the races that they won they usually won pretty good like uh, at a pretty good time compared to their opponents but there was a lot of losses but there was just like a few seconds in between like i think one week we had like four losses on ganon at the same like the same week and like most of them were just like 15 or less seconds losses so it's like that really shows like how much just saving a few seconds here and there definitely makes a difference yeah um i just shared a comic i don't know if y'all have seen this but it's uh this the meme of the dude who's being given a medal and he's celebrating <laughs> and like popping the champagne and just like really popping off like crazy and then it zooms out and you see that he's like sixth or seventh on the podium uh his he he is uh labeled hovering here uh and uh, the number one winner is good movement uh in the first place of the podium I promise it's funny. I know it wasn't funny when I described it just now. <laughs> but I'll, I'll throw a link in the description and you'll look at it and you will laugh. I promise. Yeah, it definitely is funny. I've seen <laughs> P-Train sharing that like everywhere lately. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the, uh, you know, uh, before or after the race, things that you would work on with the with the mentee to either get them ready or sort of debrief for the next one. Yeah, so I try to, like, give them some homework um, in one sense. Like, the the way um, we prepare together is, like, it's a little bit on, on their side as well to decide how much they want to practice um, and, like, how much they want to reach out. Um, but I was definitely, like, telling them all the time, like, as soon as you have a question or if you want to set up, like, a practice session or something like that, we'll, we'll do it. We'll just uh, find a time in between like the other races or something like that. But we did do like a couple of home uh, homework as well. Like we had some async races where we just like I, I tried to share a couple of good and a couple of bad seats that they could play, and then like compare notes with each other and, and like see what the different routing was. Because it's good to practice the good races or like the good seats, but it's also good to practice the really bad ones. Because like that gives you a good idea on like uh, the the difference in in your routing. Yeah, um, builds character. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and like, except for that, we had we did some co- we did a co-op race as well, because we had six mentees at that point, so it kind of matched up pretty good. And then that way, I, I I just didn't give them any advice whatsoever, and they had to like carry each other up and like give each other advice throughout the seed, so they can like learn from each other. Um, we did some C3 uh, sim um, simulator to like just practice routing overall, um, especially when we started getting into like the open weeks because routing uh, becomes a little bit more finicky at that point. I think for for most runners. Uh, so and, like, oh, go, sorry, go ahead. No, so it was like a lot of stuff like that. Uh, one of my homework uh, one week was like. I wanted everyone to watch at least one uh, restreamed race on um, on Twitch, 
and like throughout that race pick up at least one small thing that the runners did that they can like implement in their all game style because if they can do that like every because that's one of the ways i've learned for sure is like watching races and see like cool tech that the other one the other runners are doing and i'm like oh wow okay you can do that that's way faster than what i'm doing and if you can pick up like one small thing every every time you watch a race stream like that's already there you have like free time save that you can implement into your own runs that is uh, extremely cool, and I have to ask, as a former teacher, what what would you do if someone didn't do their homework? I mean, it was, it's up to them, right? Like, because I'm I'm not gonna force them to do anything. Um, yeah. So it's like if I'm I'm just giving out suggestions, and and it's up to them how much they want to practice on it or not. Yeah. So I'm noticing as you're uh, you know talking about working with your mentees, it almost seems like you sort of had like a like a small classroom setup where it was not just a transactional one-on-one, uh, you know, session or group of sessions with your mentees, but more like, you know, did you have like a group chat setup where you would communicate with all of them and kind of mass distribute the information that way? Yeah, I did a, a channel in my Discord and just made sure that only the mentees had access to it so we can like op- openly talk freely to each other and. That way I can like spread information faster as well so I don't have to DM everyone every single time. And uh, we also had like a, a voice channel there as well for if we wanted to do co-op or if we wanted to do like... We also did a few uh, VOD reviews as well. So I'm just like going through VODs uh, from one of the runners and just talking about like uh, different things they can improve. Um, that's like when I started playing... Um, I ended up hanging out in Giselle Shaft's um, Discord quite a lot, and she did like a VOD review for me. And then later on, like two years later, uh, Falane did a VOD review for me in about my NMG times. And like those two VOD reviews are probably like the two single uh, most learning experience I've had in this game. Like like the amount of things I've learned from those two uh, alone is like crazy compared to just like I can play a hundred races and I would not learn as much as I did for like throughout the, those time sessions wow that is super cool it's it's awesome to hear people you know using their time like that and then you hear the impact that it has on somebody and how you know excited it gets them about playing this game and then turning around and helping other people and it really is such a worthy investment to do stuff like this and, and you can you can see the positive benefits um, just, just go on and on and on. So I absolutely love that. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say there was one thing that I also like mentioned probably at least twice every race, and uh, my mentees are probably gonna kick my teeth in if they hear it one more time. <laughs> and it was just like because every time they got like nervous or did a mistake or whatever, I like only thing I had was like, you know, we're just gonna do our best here. That's all we can do, and then we're gonna hope that that's enough. And if it's not enough, then then we're gonna have to try better, like try it again next time. But like, we cannot we cannot like impact what the other ones are doing, so we don't have to focus too much about that. Yeah, yeah, you know I love that. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to have a good time. That's what this is all about. I love it. I'm and I'm so glad that you made a point to mention that uh, every time. That's that's beautiful. 
Um, so the last thing that we have to talk about here, you've, you've kind of uh, made a, a subsection here for just talking about the tournament in general. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts overall, uh, feedback, things you like, things you didn't like, things to, you know, basically mentor us. Mentor us as, as hosts <laughs> and admins of this tournament. And uh, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I don't remember too much about last um, the last tourney that you guys had because I pretty much did like my two or three races um, yeah. with with Verts and that was about it. But I think that the way it worked out this uh, this time was like really well played out. There's a couple of hiccups I think overall, but like the high like a good way to to judge a tournament is like if the highest high or just the high average is is better than the low. And I feel like this tournament has by far been like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I mean, I, I feel the same way. And, and as as we've said a lot of times, I think a huge, huge shout out uh, goes to our, our four admins who work tirelessly and um, you know just so, so hard to make sure that that, that is the case. But um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I've, I've had a ton of fun with it. It seems like everyone is having a ton of fun with it. And even though little things pop up and we have to deal with them, it's... Just like you said with racing, it's important to keep the overall, you know, have fun and, and have a good time, be positive in mind. And uh, yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. Yeah. I don't think like, yeah, because like, I don't think everyone was super happy with every aspect of the tourney, but like sure. that's always going to happen. It's impossible to make everyone um, make an, a tournament that's ideal for everyone. Yeah. And I do like that it was a couple of mentorless rounds because like it definitely used like takes the load off the mentors for a while and just gives them like maybe a week to, to just relax and just, um, you know, chill for a bit and recharge the batteries a little bit. Yeah. And it's also like a really good way to learn is to play alone as well. And you get like, I like that it was like two weeks of one mode and then one week mentorless with the same mode, because that, that way they have at the very least two runs with a mentor before that. So they're like a bit more prepared. Yeah, I was maybe a little worried about having the third week be non-mentored for some of our super new players. Like, was that maybe a little too soon to you know strike out on their own? Um, but we didn't have no one turned in any like super long times. I mean, we had a few forfeits, so you know maybe that could kind of be a symptom of that. But um, yeah, overall, I, I I didn't hear too much negative feedback about the spacing of the mentorless weeks, and I haven't heard any negative feedback about the fact that we had mentorless weeks. I think everyone was pretty unanimous that that was understandable, um, you know, for 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 the reasons that we laid out. So yeah, and just like it being the third and the sixth week, um, like if you're really new at Rando and this is like the first time you play it. Um, like you, Im- you improve so much just in the first couple of races. So even at that point, they would already be way more prepared. Um, what about? Uh, so you've got something here to mention the restreams. This is something that really surprised me this year was just how much enthusiasm there was around uh, broadcasting these races and you know commentating them and uh, you know making them available to a wider public. What what was your uh, impression of the the restream operation we had going? Yeah, it's been it's been going really well, I think, in, in general. And just the sheer amount of races that have been restreamed was really surprising to me. Because, like, this is all volunteers. There's, like, no speed gaming or, like, a, yeah. like a big daddy body that's, that's 
just um, fixing everything. Like everything is used 100% volunteer, so it's it's pretty amazing that you've been able to like restream so many matches. Yeah, and like honestly, the three of us have so little to do with that. Like so little. Like we, it's so hands off. It's it's kind of insane. But like, uh, I think a lot of them do it just because they enjoy. Uh, they enjoy the the community and they enjoy elevating the the racers and I think everyone kind of has their own reasons but yeah I don't want to take too much credit for this because they really just like it's it's a it's a self running machine and I'm more than happy to have our name on it you know that's that's pretty much what it is the only thing I feel like the hosts can take credit for is the as far as the restreams go is the one thing I did where we uploaded. The like sub icons and the one emote <laughs> that we have on our channel, like literally, that's the most work that we have done. I feel like as far as restreams go, maybe changing a title or something. But yeah, like the volunteers. I mean, everyone in this tournament has just been so awesome, and it's not even over yet. But, um, but yeah, like literally, it, the volunteers have been running these restreams like crazy, and it's so cool. We're uh, we're the owners of the intellectual property, so if the real world has taught us anything, that's the only important and the most important thing. So you know, I mean, yeah, I'll take the full, credit. <laughs> and I mean, full disclosure, it, it's an affiliate uh, channel, and there is, you know, when people subscribe, that goes directly to me, which I then put into podcast hosting fees. So. Uh, it's not it's not all just like happy, good time, fun feelings. There is money involved and, and we're very, very thankful for that. But even if that stopped tomorrow, I still am in awe of what they put together. And, uh, you know, that's that's such a small part of it in the grand scheme of things of everything. But I do feel like that is worth mentioning. It's not <laughs> um, there is a li- we have a little bit of stake in it. So, yeah. Um, uh, so one thing that we sort of. Um, you know, we, we really thought hard over as, you know, as hosts and also uh, as, as an admin team, you know, with, with the admins uh, added into that was how we were going to structure the group into the bracket. Uh, as a mentor, from your perspective, um, do you feel like this worked? Do you feel like there's things that could have improved on? How did you feel about the overall structure of the tournament? Like, I personally feel like uh, it was handled pretty well. But I know that this is like the one thing that some of the mentees, like not necessarily from my group, well, partly, but like mm-hmm. from, from just overall, were a little bit disappointed in, I think. Um, just that it started with like a best of one, which is like after six weeks of Swiss, you're like one game either in or out. But I can understand that for sure, uh, because doing best of threes um, through the entire bracket would be quite time consuming, especially if the first two are mentored as well. Because that's like that adds an additional uh, what two extra mentor races for every men for every mentee. So that's like right. like doing two more Swiss runs pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, we specifically sort of made the call to uh, make a best of three and a mentored race uh, exclusive. Like the, 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 those don't happen. They don't have any best of threes that are mentored for that exact reason. Just the sheer amount of matches it would be in one week. Um, and then we have folks like you, um, you know, who are stepping up and doing so much and being asked so much that it, it just would have been it wouldn't have been fair. I, I felt to our mentors to, to ask them to do that. And, and the, the admin team, we sort of all agreed on that. Yeah. And at, at this point, I'm like because I've, I've been involved in 
either being an admin or a moderator for quite a lot of tourneys at this point. So I can definitely like see it from both sides. I can see it from like the runner's perspective, but I can definitely see it from like the organizer's perspective as well. Like you, sometimes like there might be an option that like sounds good, but it might not work as well like in in practice. Right. Yeah, that happens all the time. It's amazing the amount of choices that we've had to make that I never would have thought even thought about that are not it's it's there's never going to be a right answer it's just a matter of like what will do the least amount of harm overall and that's kind of how you make your decision it's not a great place to be but that's that's administration for you yeah something that like really was nice at least was everyone going into brackets after swiss because that was like my first reaction when I saw that we were doing Swiss. I was like, oh, this does not sound like a good idea because Swiss is kind of brutal. If you take a couple of early losses, you're pretty much done. But right. as soon as I realized that everyone was going into different brackets, I was like, okay, this is actually a really cool idea because now everyone gets like at least seven games each. So like at the very least, that's like... Um, like you get some good experience, even if you were to lose your first round in the bracket. Right. And I know I, I keep saying this, but compared to last year, I mean, that's like a 300% increase at a minimum. So um, definitely yeah. trending upward on, on that, on that line. One of the good things with Swiss is like when you're into like the third round, especially in a, like a, a bit of a larger Swiss uh, at that point, like if there's a lot of really, really new runners, like they're probably matching up against each other at that point. So like, right. even if they were doing like a mentor less at that point, uh, they were probably facing someone else who's really new as well. So like the, uh, the limited experience they had at that point, that would like be nullified by their opponents having like the same uh, amount of like sort of limited knowledge. Yeah. And that was a credit to the admin team again, uh, before the tournament started doing some preceding, based on the uh, experience that our racers would provide when they applied to be a part of the tournament. We just went through and each kind of ranked everybody as, as crude as it is, you know, from I think it was like one to five or one to 10 and then averaged all those together. And that gave us a sort of general kind of, you know, early matchup scheme. And we had a lot of close races in the first week. So um, yeah, now that you mentioned it, it was sort of nice that we were able to do that. And of course, the nature of Swiss is to continue that process and, you know, keep people matched up. And, and yeah, we had a lot of real barn burner races that were, you know, extremely close and uh, really, really fun to watch. Yeah, so. like I think the only like maybe negative part of doing the preceedings is that it kind of guarantees that you're going to have a lot of inexperienced runners and a lot of more experienced runners in zero one at like week two so you might get like a lot of super uneven matches in week two instead yes and that was actually a misstep uh when we entered everything into challenge the way that it sorted out it sort of like kept those seedings and then say whoever was like uh seated as the, the person who was the top seated that went in to zero and one would face off against the worst seated person that was zero and one in week two, and that was the way challenge was set up. We didn't intend for that, sort of unfortunate, but that's something that we will uh, address and fix certainly in the next tournament. Just one of those like live and learn kind of things, you know. But um, overall, kind of a minor sort of thing. And uh, also in the next episode, we'll get a lot more into again the wrap up. We'll have our our winner um, of the gold sword bracket on the show, hopefully. 
and talk a lot more about general tournament setup and things that could be done better and you know all that all that good stuff so um, but while we have you here, Walter, uh, to, just to kind of wrap up this whole conversation, which has been really excellent, and thank you for your, your insight and your time. Do you have any sort of final thoughts? Let's let's do it this way. Um, let's say uh, take like one minute and address a 2021 uh, GMP MT mentor. Just give them like 60 solid seconds worth, uh, worth of advice uh, in terms of mentoring. Are you up to the challenge for that? Um, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, would you like a moment to collect your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I can just try and freeball it, I we, guess. We could, Herf could maybe uh, play us a little song or something like that while you think. <laughs> Look, yeah. you, Tim, you know when you ask for this, we I never did, I get did, it. I did not say SW. I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't say it. <laughs> Does it work if I guess to ask for it? Ooh, I don't know. We've never tried that. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where it is, to be honest. I put it away a while ago. Oh, man. Let's be honest, you always have it in your back pocket, right? It's true. I always have it right next to me. You never know when you're going to need a good... Um, what's it called again? Ooh. There you that's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the stuff right there. So, uh, surely you're feeling nice and inspired and, and energized and ready to... Actually, it sounds like the advice already started with the thing about the slide whistle. Do you want to just build off of that? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, okay, so this is for someone being a mentor? Yeah, a, a mentor, a new mentor in 2021, uh, just like succinct uh, advice for them, like the, the most important things. All right, so first of all, if uh, you are a mentor next um in 2021, who actually was a mentee this, uh, uh, this season, make sure to take some of the lessons that your mentor gave to you and like try and like um, refabricate them to your own mentee. Uh, remember to always like listen to your to your mentee because um, you might have really good advice, but sometimes they might have good input as well. So it's not a one-way street. Um, what else do we have? Obviously, stay positive. Um, you don't want to like knock down your your mentee. You want to like lift them up instead. Um, I kind of don't want to rehash everything we said, though. You're you're killing it, though. You're doing such a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess another part is um, don't don't forget like real life is a thing as well. So like. Try to not set too high of an expectation. Like your mentee might not have their own, their own expectation might not be to win the tournament. Some might have it, but and then you can build around that. But some might just want to get some experience. Some might just want to have fun and learn a new game. Like the important part is not what your expectation says. The important part is like what your mentee's expectations are, and then you can try and build around that. That's good. No, that that was a good, succinct kind of uh, summary. And um, Walter, again, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Would you like to stick around for the wrap up? Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go. 
Okay, so we have sort of an interesting conundrum this time. Uh, we have no fetch questions, unfortunately, and usually Walter is the one that's sending in the fetch questions. <laughs> so I figure, <laughs> since we've got you, uh, do you have any? Do you have any like questions you'd like to ask us? Sure. I actually thought about sending in a fetch question, but I didn't <laughs> want to send in a fetch question when I was on because that would be a little bit awkward. Okay. But I, okay. So what's so what's the um, not like the the best performance you guys have ever had in Rando, but what's the most like the part in Rando where you were most proud of yourself? Mm. Oh, I've got like two of those, I guess. Uh, one of them is losing to Vitor by only like f- fifteen seconds or something in the fall two thousand seventeen tournament, I believe, in uh, the group stages. I think that was a pretty close race, and racing against Vitor Belize at that time was like super exciting to me. So that really stuck out in my mind, and I have a race highlighted on my channel somewhere that has a lot of issues. I don't have a cam on. I didn't stream my mic, but I streamed everyone else I was in Discord with, so everyone is talking to me, but you can't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I got second place in that race, and it was against Langshian, um, uh, Willard, Jay Bradley, uh, Gamer Cal, and In the Name of DT, I think. So I was pretty that's proud of that. That's a pretty stacked race. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's a pretty long time ago as well, but one of my better results. Um, I will say that the moments where I feel proudest usually are like small moments where like I pull something off that I didn't think I could, like maybe like a low health Mothula with Fighter Sword or something like that. So I don't want to discount those because honestly, those like keep me going. Like that's one of the things I really love about this game is those like small victories. But in terms of larger scale kind of things, there's two that come to mind for me. There was one qualifier for, I think, 2018, maybe, or no, it must have been 2019, uh, where I got like 21st out of like 90 something. So that was that was huge for me. I was I was really proud of that and how I played. Um, And then uh, uh, the other one, unfortunately, I probably have to say uh, um, going to two and one against uh alex nelson 92 or nelson alex 92 uh last year in the challenge cup and uh, advancing on to the next stage of that which i did not expect to do i felt like uh, nelson and i at the time were uh really like evenly matched so it was really close series it was restreamed and uh i ended up uh, edging him out in two of the games so that and that's kind of like my best tournament uh, uh appearance so far i think too so that that'd probably be probably be my two Nelson um, Alex, is he related to Nissan Sentra, that runner? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, no, that's the profile picture, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dancy, what about you? You've, you've got quite a few accomplishments under your belt, so I'm really curious to hear the like tops. Um, I won't go into specifics. Just better I'll... start with a chip, is all I'm going to say. Oh, God. Yeah. No, no, that that's not, that's not my favorite. <laughs> that's a low favorite. point. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the aftermath of low point, but... Um, anytime I go into a race and I think I'm probably going to lose this, I I try to tell myself as nervous as I may be, you know what, just go play your game. Kind of like what Walter was telling his mentors or his uh, mentees, play your game, hope, hope for the best, have some fun. And then 
it, when you like, I've had a few of those where I've lost, and I've had a lot of those where I've won. And when you win those, it's like, you know what? The fact that I didn't stress myself out, like, you know, yeah, of course, I mean, I'm competitive. I'm going to stress myself out a little bit about it. But I didn't let it, con- like, just, like, make me get almost, you know, mentally messed up, I guess is a good, like, I didn't tilt before the race started, I guess is a good way to put it. But anytime it's like I kind of overcame something that I didn't think I could do, um, whether it be glitches, execution, or, you know, a race against a really tough opponent, um, you know, those those are the things that kind of stand out the most. Like, you kind of, you know, put a little check mark to remember that. It's like, you know, when you're feeling like, I can't do this, remember you did this before, you did this before. So any of those, like, small progress things or big progress things you can make, that's definitely things that stand out to me. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Uh, Walter, what about you? Um, I think my best is one of my tournament uh, tournaments. is is definitely not my best performance in a tournament, but um, it was the uh, first main tournament I did, which was like the uh, it was like plus five hundred Swiss something. You had to do like seven or eight weeks of Swiss, and if you lost more than twice, you were like pretty much out. So it was like a pretty brutal Swiss. Um, that was like my first main tournament and I haven't been playing for like too long, but I managed to like make it to the uh, brackets and that was like, after that I was like, okay, I'm good now. Like I, I did something good in the main tournament and like after that I've had a lot of like results that in tournaments that are way better, but like that's the one that I always like look back at. Nice. Yeah. The first one is, is kind of special. I would imagine. Nice. Well, good question. Thank you for providing us with a fetch question. I was, <laughs> we didn't have any, and that actually worked out really great. That was a great question. Um, now, speaking of uh, individual accomplishments, uh, Walter, you are going to be getting ready a little bit later on today for uh, a pretty special appearance of your own. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? This will be in the in the past for anyone listening, but we'll definitely get you a uh, a vod of some sort for sure. But tell us about what's going on later today. Yeah, you can you can use link. Uh, to that uh, race in the past a little bit later um sure. but yeah uh we're doing a crowd control race i'm not a big fan of crowd control which might be weird for me playing one then <laughs> but uh, like it's for charity because uh, it's on esa and, and they're like um gathering money for like uh, a foundation that does like research for alzheimer's yeah. which is like uh something that like affects everyone sooner or later um if 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 you live long enough so like that's a, a pretty good cause i think so me and nilson alex or is it nissan centra we're doing um we're doing we're doing a crowd control race in esa and it's a pretty good time slot as well because like it's on a saturday and it's not like late enough for it to be super late in the eu and it's also not like early enough to be like super early in the na so it might be a pretty good turnout as well um and we're gonna suffer a lot for sure yeah, well, I'm, just, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, we decided that like normally, like doing a standard seed isn't very exciting because like you're going through escape and everyone has seen escape like a hundred times and like you're both doing the same thing. But then we thought like escape in crowd control that can be pretty interesting. Mm. So we are doing an escape sequence. Um, we are going to have Swords Assured, though, because we don't want to run into the uh, point of, like, getting bombs from the uncle, and then as we get to the uncle chest, every bomb is already gone. Uh, yeah. That would be kind of unfortunate and be soft luck already. <laughs> yeah. 
how how confident are you feeling about the six minute escape? Uh, that's not happening. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I don't think there's, and I'm probably gonna skip back to escape too, because because if I find bombs, they're probably gonna disappear as soon as I they get will. them. Yeah. Unless I get like super lucky and kill a rat right next to the like back of escape, maybe I can drop it real quick. But yeah, now so, sub six not happening. Then I did a I did a little bit of practice though. Um, and I set like every value to the lowest possible, which is like one coin, and everyone gets like fifty free coins, which meant everyone could spam terrible things fifty times for free at the very least. When I did like my practice seed, uh-huh. and of course all of my mentees were the one who was. Um, doing all the worst option as well. <laughs> when I was doing the practice. Pranking <laughs> um, the teacher. But yeah, and I didn't like cheese anything or anything like that during that run and just try to like have the worst possible experience possible. So like it would pro- it's probably going to be better tonight rather than that because that was pretty much like one and a half hour nonstop with ice physics, one hit KO, and inverted controls at the same time. And every time I finally got like at the top of GT, I got killed. So uh, hopefully it will be a little bit one? better than that. Yeah, it was like oh. four hours, but it was it was probably like it's pro- it, the options were probably worse than it's gonna be today. And I didn't cheese anything, so uh, we haven't estimated three hours, and I feel pretty confident that we can make that. Nice. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely be watching, and and good luck to you and to uh, Nelson Alex ninety two at for that uh that race, and especially for a good cause. That's that's really awesome that you're you're doing that. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to plug? Maybe your Twitch or Twitter or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not in a lot of social medias, but I'm definitely on Twitch at Walter the Fourth, same as my uh, name is going to be spelled in this episode. Um, have a follower goal right now that when I get to 777 followers, I'm doing a 24-hour stream. And during that 24-hour stream, I'm going to do every ladder race during a 24-hour period. Oh, uh, wow. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> but we're, we need like 200 followers before we get there. So that's probably not going to be until next season, at least. That's going to have to be a record, I think, probably, right? Herf, what do you think? Yeah, maybe. I don't think anyone's done like every race in a twenty-four hour period, at least. Or even just consecutive. Yeah, consecutive ladder races. I I I doubt anyone's done that's because that's going to be five or six probably, right? Yeah, I've I've done four in a row once. Um, Wow, that's uh, not more than that. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck to that. Good luck to you uh, on that. Uh, let's let's help uh, Walter get to uh, get to that twenty four hour stream, everybody. So go ahead and, and, and follow him on Twitch. Uh, how, let's let's uh, let's move to our wonderful co host, Dante. Uh, what are your what are your plugs this week? Uh, I just want to plug in the spirit of the the mentoring stuff. Like um, a lot of people have you know obviously got knocked out of the tournament at this point. Uh, this is that time that I mentioned in a previous episode. Don't give up, uh, even when you may feel like uh, it's it's too much, and you know it's like I'm never going to get really good at this game. Nothing like that happens overnight, and if it's something you really want to do, just put the time in. The progress will come, whether it be really short, like small increments, or big increments. Like progress is progress. So uh, we've seen a lot of runners make that progress with their PBs. You know, we were talking about that earlier. Those average times coming down. So, um, yeah, just, just keep, keep doing it. Even when you want to quit sometimes, you know, as long as you're having fun, keep doing it. Nice. 
Dancy, inspirational as always. We rely on you for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Herf, bring them down. What yeah, do you got for us? that's going to be a rough one to follow up. So, uh, uh, I want to shout out uh, Jets and Guns 2, a game that just recently came out and is the follow-up to a game that kind of was like right on the brink of the whole indie scene really blooming into existence, I want to say. Uh, it's a pretty fun shoot 'em up very simple, but very fun, very bright colors and, you know, fancy explosions and all that. Uh, go check it out. It's fun. Nice. I'm, I'm going to resist the urge to promote another video game that I'm playing because I'm playing so many video games right now. <laughs> and I don't want to just make this, you know, Tim talks about video games at the end of the mm-hmm. episode every time. Uh, instead, I'm going to go back to promoting my wife's closet, KitKatsCloset.com. That's K-I-T-K-A-T-S-C-L-O-S-E-T.com. Uh, she's reselling brand name clothing at uh, wonderful prices. Uh, go go buy something from her. It, it helps out the Timp household. Um, so that's KitKatsCloset.com. Go check that out. Um, well, can I can I shout out one more thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you guys probably already talked about this, but like major shout outs to Kern for his like blindfolded run that he finished uh, when well when this comes out a couple of days ago. Yeah. Like that yeah. was super impressive and like a good testament to patience and stubbornness combined can be pretty pretty rewarding sometimes. Yeah. This is a a tough spot cuz like we will talk about it. We haven't recorded the beginning of this episode yet, but we will definitely talk all about it. So by the time our listeners hear this, uh surely you've heard us get, give you a whole rundown on it. But yeah, a, another shout outs to to Kern. What what an incredibly entertaining stream that was and and what an accomplishment um to to beat the game blind is just absolutely insane. Um all right, uh, we had two new iTunes reviews this time, both from our friends in Sweden, Yay. Uh, <laughs> representing uh, representing the the great country of Sweden. The first one was Palmenkot, uh, who left us a review, um, and I think it was a couple weeks ago, but it, because of the nature of international reviews for us, didn't notice it until after the episode is posted. But thank you very much, Palmenkot, for that. And then the other one was somebody named, let me just see, uh, Walter the Fourth left us a review does anybody here know who who that's supposed to be no idea Uh, let me read it see if that if that helps Uh, it says best around hello there my name is walter's mother oh okay i must say this is the best gaming podcast out there i would be highly surprised this is not the highest rated gaming podcast in sweden or at least higher than let's say a random number hmm 136 keep up the good work p.s it was me, Walter, all the time, leaving a review for my mother's phone since I don't have iTunes. PPS, I like drafts. Okay, well, I think we got to the bottom of that one. Walter, thank you so much for that review. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that was wonderful. And uh, what he's referring to there with the 136, uh, I'm pleased, uh, so, so pleased to announce that the Go Mode podcast is officially the 136th most popular video game podcast in Sweden. We made it. <laughs> we finally, finally made it, guys. we did it. Oh, man. All right. We can pack it up. This is going to be the in. last episode. We got to end on a high note. No, I think just two people who live in Sweden 
rating us on iTunes rocketed us to number 134 on the Swedish video game charts. <laughs> <laughs> or 136, my, my apologies. Uh, but you just yeah, need to um, force Nils and Alex to do one as well. Oh yes, please do. That would be that would be awesome. Let's see if we can break the top one hundred of uh, Swedish video game podcasts <laughs> or popular. Uh, uh, video, okay, I don't want to get this wrong. Video game podcast popular in Sweden. There we go. Yeah, um, cool. But if you and even if you don't live in Sweden, I guess you could still leave a review. That would still be cool or whatever. Um, you know, let the draft know how much you love him. Uh, we we always appreciate that. Uh, and with that, uh, I want to give one final huge, huge thank you to our good friend, Walter the Fourth. Walter, thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing this knowledge with us and for all of the uh, work that you put into volunteering to mentor folks for this tournament. We just absolutely cannot thank you enough. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Um, and just keep making a great podcast. It's nice to listen to every every two weeks. Awesome. We'll we'll do what we can. No promises. We'll try though. Uh, and with that, we will go ahead and leave you, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks very much. Time to mirror out. <laughs>